0: Hello and welcome. I am Steph Smart and this is Smart Ponders, a collection of blogs and podcasts created by me, where I ponder things great and small from arts and creativity to well-being and self-improvement and so much more. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest with the username at Smart Ponders. Today's podcast is an audio recording of the blog titled, Is failure becoming a fail safe? Over the past five years, I have seen a big change in the attitudes of students, the relationship that they have with failure and failing. So today's Ponder is gonna try and make sense of what the change is, why that might be, and consider what we can do about it. So I first started lecturing back in 2017, Most of the classes I taught at the time were part of the HNC, so the Higher National Certificate in Acting and Performance. We had two cohorts of 15 students in each class. And although there was no real science in deciding who went into what class, um, it was quite interesting because there was a clear energy that each class presented. So I had one class which was generally shy, but eager to learn and then the other was an energised and confident cohort in their learning. And both classes, generally speaking, had a fear of failing, especially failing assessments. Now, for those of you that are not aware, the HNC, indeed alongside other qualifications with the Scottish Qualifications Authority, the SQA, um, students are allowed to attempt at every assessment. So therefore, if a student doesn't you know, doesn't pass, they're not successful that first time or if they, they bomb that first attempt, it's really not the end of the world because they have that second attempt to fall back on. However, if after the second attempt, they still fail the assessment and um, they've then failed the learning outcome and as a result have then failed that module, okay? So even with these multiple attempt, you know, in place, the students were still being controlled by fear, this fear of failing. And my thoughts are getting split 50-50 on this one because I think about my current um, learning journey. So I'm currently doing a TQFE, so a teaching qualification in further education. And of course, I don't want to fail, just like the students. But I am also not envisaging failure. And so I wonder if this could be what the difference is. And I'll come back to it, later to kind of unpick what I mean. Um, and the other side of me as an education an education practitioner um, is I encourage failure. Um, especially within the context of drama, because you know you do something time and time again and each time you do something different. And that's that's part of the process in in creating performance, in creating character. So you have to have those moments of failure. And as they say, first attempt in learning fail. So now five years on, there is a clear shift with the student mindset that I've noticed. And to clarify, I'm making generalizations here from experience um, and absolutely acknowledge that it's not every student. But the truth is that the number of students who are being affected by fear and failure is increasing. With half of a class not showing up for assessments, is fear still actually the driving force here? Or is it some form of expectation that they've set for themselves as a form of self-preservation? And what I mean by that is, has failure become the fail-safe? So have students set their expectations of themselves so low intentionally so as not to be disappointed? A mindset of, well, if I don't try, then I can't fail. But you can. And with that attitude, sadly, you more than likely will. And obviously it goes without saying, I don't want that for them. I don't want that for any of my students that I teach. I want them to be able to see what it is that I see, that potential in each and every one of them. And so thinking of reasons of why students failed, I have narrowed it down to these, these main reasons. So number one, that there is a lack of confidence or a lack of belief you know, they think they're not able to pass, so they don't try. Number two, it's actually a lack of preparation. So similar to number one, whether it's not managing time or not engaging with the work that they're being asked to do, they then avoid the assessment because of the lack of preparation. And again, a case of I'm not ready to pass, and I'm not comfortable enough in myself to try. Number three, fear of embarrassment. So could it be that the student has done the preparation, but is so scared to get it wrong that they then avoid it altogether? Kind of like a form of self-sabotage in a way, which is not always a conscious decision, actually. And particularly I think about within the context of drama, just how applicable that is, especially if a student has to perform a monologue, for example, that fear of embarrassment you know what if i get up there perform and it all goes wrong um, and part of the process is that there will be points where it does go wrong but you have to embrace that because if you can't embrace that then you're going to find it really difficult to be able to progress in your own development of your craft and of your skill set so number four is it lack of interest Is it that they've signed up to do something, but along the way, realized it's not for them? And rather than admit that, which is absolutely fine to do, they detach themselves from the reality of the assessments. Kind of burying their head in the sand a bit with that one. Or number five, is it about capacity? Is it that there are extenuating factors that they are dealing with that's monopolizing their mental capacity? And therefore, they can't actually engage. And this extends to the impacts from mental health. There are of course many other reasons that could be played. However, my primary observation I've made is that the students won't talk about what's going on. My opinion is this. Number one, a problem shared is a problem halved, not necessarily solved, but nine times out of 10, you will feel better having shared and let someone into what is going on at home. And in that case, we can then actually help you and support you because we're more aware of the entire situation. Which leads on to number two. If you don't tell people what's going on, no one knows that you need that help. And I'm not saying you have to tell people your life story, but at least let them in a little. Number three, be accountable and be honest, you know, both with yourself and those around you. If you haven't done the work, admit that. Own that decision. It's the one that you've made. So now let's learn from it. Let's choose not to avoid not doing the work again. Number four, if you're struggling, take the help that's offered to you. It's all well and good, everyone trying to help you. But when it comes down to it, you need to try and help yourself too. So failure has become a bit of a dirty word over the years. And yet it's one of the most human responses we have. Think of when a toddler is learning to walk. They don't give it one shot and then decide it's never going to happen. They stand, they wobble, they fall. They repeat. They stand, they wobble, they regain balance, they stand. They lean forward, they fall. It goes on and on, but at the end of it all, they learn to walk. They don't give up. All through our childhood, we have tried to learn things, made mistakes, failed, then learned the thing fundamentally it's how we learn. Now as that same person who learned to walk, you're all capable of learning something new. So listeners, ponderers, let's work towards not accepting failure as the fail-safe. Let's not accept it as a given and let's work at being honest with ourselves. Speak up when something isn't working and not to admit defeat before the first try. After all, it's not the failure that's important, it's what we do after it. This has been a Smart Ponders podcast. Thanks for listening.